It's no question that a lot is at stake for this year's election at all levels of government. We here at the Topeka Capital Journal are doing our part to document those running for elected positions in Kansas. My name is Everett Nelson, and I'm the photojournalist and podcast producer for the Capital Journal. For the next few weeks leading up to November 3rd, our reporters will be interviewing various candidates, asking them questions, and having conversations about what this election means to Kansans. Welcome to our election 2020 podcast series. Hello, and welcome to another installment of the Capital Journal's podcast series detailing each of the candidates in local and statewide races in the November 3rd election. I'm Rafael Garcia, education reporter for the Capital Journal. Today I have with me Mary Lou Davis, a Democrat running for re-election for District 52, which covers much of western Topeka. A retired public servant, Davis is also a former executive director of the Kansas Board of Cosmetology. Mrs. Davis, thank you for joining us. What prompted you to run for the State House? I do have bipartisan experience, and that is important to getting your feet on the ground and making a difference in the legislative process. As executive director of the Kansas Board of Cosmetology for 13 years, I was involved in the legislative process, whether it was bills to enhance uh, the licensure of our individuals, whether or not it was infection control, administrative rules and regs, also legislative budget. So I worked with committee chairs Uh, rank-and-file legislators in regards to what was best for our state in regards to licensees and the public safety. I saw a lot of good Republicans and good Democrats who stepped back from serving in the legislature because of some of the um, lack of effort to move forward in a collaborative effort. And I'm an optimist. We've got to keep this state going forward for our children, for our grandchildren, and just to keep us on a progressive level. Mm -hmm. What do you think maybe sets you apart from your opponent? My bipartisan experience. 13 years. Public service has always been my professional calling, and I uh, have life experiences and that I think will be an attribute to my serving the 52nd District. Mm-hmm. Along those lines, how do we start to bring maybe more bipartisanship to the State House? Just keep working at... Uh, building relationships with those that are across the aisle, whether it's Democrats, Republicans, um, any kind of diversity that's there. We need to find common ground, maybe just find that common ground and then work from there. Mm -hmm. What do you think creates gridlock sometimes that keeps that from happening? I think the biggest gridlock in the last several years has been politics over common good for Kansas. Mm -hmm. As a candidate, what are you prioritizing right now as you speak with voters? As I speak with voters and go door to door uh, and talk with them, one, of course, is the pandemic, the COVID-19. I do think we need to have to continue to work with COVID-19 in regards to wearing masks, social distancing, all of that, so that we can get our kids in school, number one whether it's at uh, the elementary, high school, or college level, or vocational education level, we need, we need our kids to be in school. We need to have safe workplaces in regards to precautions to guard against COVID-19. That would be one of my first issues. Second issue would be Medicaid expansion. Third issue is, of course, education, as I noted, related to COVID-19. 
We've got to look at jobs, small businesses, and how we continue to reinforce small business, jobs, working families with in view of the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. What have you been hearing from voters as you meet with them? As I go door to door, the first thing usually is the national focus. And then as I can kind of bring them back to the state focus, they're talking about uh, the bipartisanship that needs to be as opposed to the gridlock, particularly that was in the session in, in this last session, 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, something you believe should maybe be given greater priority at the state house level right now that isn't. Well, the greatest priority is Medicaid expansion because that's economic impact on our state. And, uh, that's probably one of the things that uh, has created the most difficulty for our state is our lack of enactment of it. It was passed in 17. Governor Brownback uh, vetoed it. Uh, it's been reported out of committee, like in the Senate Public Health and Welfare, and then has not been able to advance. But for the o- overall good of the state, we do need to enact Medicaid expansion. Oklahoma, Missouri, um, Colorado, Nebraska, they have enacted Medicaid expansion. It would help with the rural hospitals. And interestingly enough, the uh, KU Medical Health System reached out to me at the case or the St. Francis campus, reached out to me in regards to Medicaid and access to health care. Medicaid expansion also has an impact on our community hospitals, whether it's Stormont Vale or St. Francis. It's not just an issue for the small rural hospitals. We'll have a healthier, more productive workforce with those who have access to health care. That's a big item, particularly with COVID-19. There's those individuals who've just lost their jobs through no fault of their own because of COVID-19 that also need access to health care. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, a lot of our neighboring states have passed Medicaid expansion. Um, What do you think has been the biggest hurdle here in Kansas to getting that passed? Legislative leadership. Mm. How do we overcome that? We keep working at it. We elect individuals who do support Medicaid expansion. 62%, over 62% of Kansans, according to the Docking Institute at Fort Hayes State, says that 62% of Kansans support Medicaid expansion. I'm an optimist. I believe we keep working at it, and we'll make progress. Mm -hmm. You mentioned this a little bit earlier, but... um what role do you think the state house needs to play in responding to this COVID-19 pandemic? We need to work cooperatively across the board. We need to be collaborative on efforts. We need to let the governor lead. I believe she responded appropriately and helped our state to have a lower uh, risk of COVID-19. We've seen some step backs from that, and I think we're beginning to see another rise in the number of COVID-19 cases. It needs to be a collaborative effort. Uh, I know they they declared again the disaster uh, declarations so that our state can again be uh, qualified for federal assistance that will be an asset to our 
our state, small businesses, workforce, and et cetera. There's just got to be across the aisle work and uh, finding a common ground. Mm-hmm. Beyond the differences in party, of course, how do you balance or how do you think the balance of power should be between um, the legislature and the governor's office? Well, it's three distinct levels. Um uh, and I think there was effort made when Governor Kelly and uh, Senator Dunning worked together on Medicaid expansion. But then, as we all know, it was stymied again by other members of the leadership. I know Governor Kelly has extended uh, her best efforts to work with the legislature, and I think you will continue to see that. Mm-hmm. Besides COVID, what do you think might be some of the more significant issues facing Kansas this election cycle? Besides COVID and Medicaid expansion, uh, education. We've got to stay on education and keep it adequately funded. We've made progress from the um, backward steps that we took a number of years ago. And that plays into COVID also in regards to our schools and, and the safety of the kids and the personnel that are at our schools. Education, we've got to uh, continue to fund that. As I said, we've been known as a state to have quality education. We have a quality workforce in turn, and that attracts business to come into our state as well as for individuals to begin or start small businesses. So education has a real impact. We've got to look at taxes, fair taxes, Property taxes is an issue. I know I've talked to several uh, individuals who are in their uh, senior years who believed that they were financially comfortable until property taxes began to increase. So there may be the medical prescription expenses that they have, but now they're also looking at property taxes that have continued to increase and it has place them in peril in some situations. Mm -hmm. As the state begins to deal with some of the ramifications of the pandemic, um, especially financial ones, um, what should the state house be looking at in terms of um, taxes, property taxes, or maybe um, previous efforts to eliminate sales tax on grocery stores? foods. That's an issue I think needs to be looked at is the reducing uh, sales taxes. We all know it's one of the highest in the nation, food sales tax. There's other issues that we could look at. Um, Medical cannabis is one that would be revenue generating for the state. There's also sports betting or wagering. That is something I think we also need to look at and uh, study the implications of that. As a, as a revenue source for the state as well. Mm-hmm. What are other things that the state house might need to look at um, as we start to deal with these financial ramifications of COVID? Well, I was encouraged that last week the revenue project or the revenue source, the revenues that came in in September were above what they had projected. So we need to closely watch how that progresses. We obviously made advances when the um, tax cut that was done during the previous administration was dealt with and uh, corrected, I might say. So I think we're on the right path 
there's a lot of things that are in play. And as you said, with COVID-19, it's just going to continue to complicate the issue. Mm -hmm. What do we start to do right now to create better economic opportunities for Kansans? Well, the governor and her staff and the Department of Commerce have done a really good job, if you look over the past four or five months, of attracting business into Kansas, and those are going to have implications for us. Small business has gotten, has received some financial assistance through COVID-19, so we as individuals need to support our small businesses, make certain that... uh, we frequent those so that small business continues, and that, of course, rolls over into regards to those employees that work for small business. There's just uh, – and, and the education uh, that I've talked about in regards to an educated workforce attracts business coming into the state as well. So all of those factors play a vital role into the well-being of the state. Mm-hmm. If elected – what do you want to point back to and say that that's something you were able to accomplish in your tenure in the state house? Medicaid expansion, making it available to more individuals. Um, access to health care is vital on people, families who go to work day in and day out, can be more comfortable knowing that they have health care coverage for their children, so they're going to be more productive. I would look back and, and see that as, as a success, not for me, but for the state. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you would want voters to know about you as they prepare to cast their votes for this quickly coming election? I have the life experiences. I've raised three daughters. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. I am a K-State grad. I did grow up in a rural community, so I have that background. I understand hard work, uh, a strong faith, the collaborative effort. My parents were very active in the community, and I have done that as well. So I want this state to advance and I will continue to work toward that effort. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for speaking with me today. Um, best of luck to you in your upcoming race as we quickly approach Election Day. Um, for the Capitol Journal, this has been Rafael Garcia. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you're looking for more, you can support local journalism by subscribing to cgonline.com, reading our articles, and following the latest news on our social media platforms. You can also find more podcasts like this one in the Apple Podcasts app, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.